0: Welcome to BPB Knows. Today, BPB Knows PCAOB audits. Our expert is Brent Leslie, a director in our Assurance and Advisory Services practice. So Brent, tell us, what is a PCAOB audit?
1: Well, thank you, Melissa. I really appreciate having me here today and uh, been really looking forward to this. Um, I'll just jump right in. A PCAOB audit is an audit that's subject to the rules of the Public Company Accounting Oversight Board versus the AICPA. And so under that, for public companies, there's a stricter standard by which we have to do the audit. These are really important for companies that would like to find a way to enter the public markets, whether it's they're looking to do an IPO or a SPAC transaction, or for existing public companies, they have to do their audits under these, these standards. There's also some other companies that are looking at possibly being purchased by a public company in the future that would want to do these types of audits also. So it's really when you start, if you're a private company, you start looking at your exit strategy, depending on what that looks like, these audits may be worth the time and effort to do versus your standard AICPA audit.
0: Are they infinitely more complicated?
1: Not infinitely, but they are definitely a deeper dive. A lot of people think, you know, because I'm a small private company and I don't have great internal controls and I don't have you know, a 10-person accounting department or a 20-person accounting department that we can't do this. And that's really not the case. They they can be scaled to any level. They do a deeper dive, though. They do uh, go more into your controls and and what types of controls you have. They do also require us to do a lot more detailed testing of things versus being able to analytically test things and some other areas like that, too. So there's no question it's a a higher, uh, it's a higher threshold for an audit. And an investor... Would appreciate that because they're saying this one's been vetted a little bit more than the standard vetting process. So,
0: and the firm members who conduct these type of audits, do they have specialized training or different kind of experience?
1: We have, uh, you know, a, a fairly sizable team of people that have gone undergone the training and participated in these audits over the last several years. And yes, we definitely do have specialized training. The PCAOB uh, requires us to have certain types of training and certain amounts of it every year. And so, everyone that works on these. Audits will have that exposure and experience, and all of our uh, all of our manager, senior manager, and up type of people that work on these audits will have experience in working on these audits too. No one's going to be doing one for their first time at that level. So,
0: and the firm has an accreditation. There's an there's an organization, right? The firm.
1: So we've been PCAOB uh, registered for probably 15 years now. I don't know the exact amount, but but thereabouts, and. Uh, you know, we've been reviewed a few times and every everything's always come back clean and, and positive. Um, you know, we've really expanded this group, though, in the last few years. And, and uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's becoming a lot more robust for us.
0: And so what's it like from the company's perspective if they do one of these for the first time?
1: So I would say the biggest difference between this and, and the standard audit that they're used to is probably that we can't do things for them. So like, If there's a certain account that doesn't reconcile on a regular audit typically your auditor can come in and help you reconcile that account well we can give advice on how to reconcile that account but we can't physically do it for them um things like we can't prepare your financial statements for you so you may have to get help from someone else with that part of it because that would impair our independence and so with these audits the independence levels are much much higher than they are with a regular audit also that's probably the biggest difference from their standpoint Other than that, the basic blocking and tackling of the audit is is similar. There may be more selections than what they're used to on certain things, but the basic concepts are are fairly similar.
0: And how long does an audit like this take?
1: It really depends on your company and how big you are and how complex you are, I guess, probably more importantly than how big you are. But, uh, you know, typically the the fastest you're going to get something like this done from the date that you're you're engaged is probably 60 days um, start to finish. And that's not all consistent, you know, 40, 50 hour weeks, the whole time through, but just because of the flow of information and stuff like that, it probably takes about that amount of time. It is possible to expedite that in certain situations where it's necessary. Um, but typically you're in like that 60 to 90 days is, is a good rule of thumb.
0: So do banks ever require this level of audit for loan covenants and that sort of thing? Or is this more an exit strategy for a privately held company?
1: This is, if you were a privately held company, this is really more of an investor situation. So there are times if a bank's coming in to do underwriting on a private placement memorandum or something like that, they may require it. I've seen that um, or those kind of things. But if you're just dealing with institutional financing and you know a mortgage debt and an operating line of credits and things like that, they probably won't require these. Um, but once you start dealing with outside investors, that's when this becomes more important.
0: So if a company a business owner is thinking about exit strategy, how far in advance should they start exploring PCAOB audits as opposed to a regular audit that they might be used to?
1: Well, like anything, obviously the earlier the better because um, sometimes a year or two before you actually convert to it is a good thing to know because you can start talking about the things where you know there's gonna be more deficiencies and start working on getting those in place. But, you know, you definitely want to get at least two years of these if you're going to do them, because any kind of offering you're going to go into is going to require at least two years. And so you definitely want to get two years in there if you can. Um, The bad part is if we do the audit under AICPA, it's not like we can just go in on top of that and wave a magic wand and do a few extra hours and, you know, do the uplift to a PCIV audit. It can be done, but it's a substantial amount of work and a lot of the work that was done in the original one basically have to be scratched and started over just because the different methodologies you use for sampling, the different methodology you use for, for some of the risk assessment and things like that. So it's not like, hey, I'll convert it up to a PCAOB audit and whenever that time comes, it's really something, if you think that there might be a public exit strategy, you probably should consider doing the uplift on these on the front end. And the difference in cost is much cheaper. You'll spend way less to do one PCAOB audit versus doing it the other way and trying to uplift it.
0: Yeah, that was that seemed like the natural question. Yeah, <laughs> Just do a couple more steps and then and check the box on the on the second one. Yeah. Um, so, if if a business owner wants to undertake this, what do they do when you they call you and say, "I think I need this"? What are the first things you do? What do you expect out of them?
1: Yeah, typically, whenever uh, you know a, a new a new prospect is out there and we start talking to them. We usually talk through what their needs are, what they are thinking, where things are going, and we kind of would recommend usually on the front end what what the best route is. Because if you know that this isn't the exit route for you, then the ICP audit is just fine. There's no reason to spend the extra money. The bank's always going to be happy with it. You're always going to be able to do whatever you need to do. And you know, if you're going to be selling to a private equity or you're going to be selling to uh, another you know type of co- another you know company in your market then they're never going to need this, right? So we typically try to talk on the front end before we start doing a bunch of work and make sure we have the right the right product for them for their situation. So,
0: what happens if a, a business gets an unsolicited, unexpected offer to be purchased? What, 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 should, what should they do then?
1: Yeah, we we deal with that a lot. And, and especially in the world that, that we've been in the last several years with all these specs and things like that where, hey, we have this opportunity now. We need to go back and do the three years of PCOB audits and all this kind of stuff. And we, we definitely have done that. We do that. If you think that that's an option, you're better to do it on the front end preemptively because it's much easier and better, but it is definitely possible. And we we find ourselves doing that quite a bit actually, where, Hey, I got to go back and do all the rework for the other ones to get them up to speed so that we can use them for that. So.
0: But it is, yeah. does it take longer to do them to reverse engineer them?
1: Yes. And no, uh, it's about the same probably because you do get some economies of scales because you're doing both years at the same time. And, and so there's a little bit of savings there and, and you're farther out from there. So you have a little bit more of the luxury of hindsight on things. So that probably is a little bit of a benefit. But then on the flip side, there's a lot more work you need to do and scratch. Everything. So it, timing wise, I don't know that there's, a, you know, there's that big of a deal on it, but it definitely is much easier for everybody. Yeah. So like many
0: things, starting early is the way to go. And, like yeah. almost everything that we deal with, having experts who really know what they're doing can be really valuable to a company that's in transition or feels it like coming on,
1: yeah, I'd like to actually real quick, just talk about that for a second because I think I'm really proud of the team we have here on this. and And it's really great. you know, I spent a lot of my career at national firms and different types of things like that and realized that there's not a great solution for for small cap and mid- cap public companies out there or for companies trying to go public on the way up because the large firms are, are so, they have so much overhead and so many issues where I, I think I'm really proud of what we have. I think we're a great fit for, for companies that fit in that, that bucket and we can be a little more entrepreneurial with them then too still. So it's a, it's a really good thing. So we are
0: here to help. So Brent, thanks for explaining all of that to us today and to our listeners, thank you for joining us. As always, if you have questions or topics that you would like for us to cover, you can contact us by email at bpbknows at bpbcpa.com. We'll see you next time.